Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Sports Crunch with D. Crom. I'm your host, David Cromelo. Well, NFL training camps are winding down, and this week, NFL preseason kicks into high gear. And in that spirit, we will continue our 2017 NFL team preview series here on Sports Crunch with D. Crom with a look at the team that has been the center of the NFL and sports universe for the past 15 or so years, the New England Patriots. They show absolutely zero signs of relinquishing that spot and enter 2017 as their prohibitive favorites to win their sixth Lombardi Trophy. Joining us to give us a breakdown of the Patriots and their sky-high 2017 potential and their future is my good friend Hal Bent. Hal covers the Patriots for Scout Media, MusketFire.com, and Cover32.com. It's a pleasure to have you back, Hal. How you doing? I'm doing great, David. Thank you for having me back. It's always great to be here with you. It's always a great to have you and your amazing New England accent on the show. It's it's a thrill. And uh, let's talk some Patriots. Uh, last season, the Pats won 14 regular season games despite the four-game Tom Brady suspension. That should never have happened, by the way. Once again, can't stress that enough. Being without Rob Gronkowski for most of the year and fielding a defense that wasn't as talented on paper compared to the ones they've had in recent years. And after winning Super Bowl 51, they broke the laws of NFL physics physics, and got infinitely better. They signed cornerback Stephon Gilmore, who will team up with Malcolm Butler and form arguably a top five cornerback duo in the National Football League. Then they traded away 2017 draft capital for speedy home run hitting wide receiver Brandon Cooks, defensive end Coney Ely, who would have been the MVP of Super Bowl 50 had the Panthers won, and thank goodness they didn't, <laughs> and running back <laughs> Mike Gillisley, whose 5.7 yards per carry average led the NFL last year. And they also signed versatile chess piece running back Rex Burkhead as a free agent, and they also brought in former longtime Jets inside linebacker David Harris to improve their run defense. Dante Stallworth, who was on the 2007 Patriots, believes that these Pats are even deeper. Do you share that sentiment? I would say they are as deep. The 2007 team had a lot of veterans on the defensive side of the ball with a lot of Super Bowl experience. And this team is a little bit younger on defense, doesn't quite have the defensive capital that that 2007 team did. But as far as the offense, I'd say they're right there with them. Uh, this is a 500-point offense heading into 2017. I agree with that sentiment as well. And do you think the Patriots can do what the 2007 Patriots failed to do by going 19-0? I am going to say a big no. This, uh, If there was ever a season for the Patriots to go 16-0 and again, Based on the schedule, it was last season, but between the Brady uh, suspension, the Gronkowski injury, I mean, really, they only lost two games, one where they had the ball inside the five-yard line and a chance to win against Seattle, and then the uh, horrible Buffalo game where they uh, were down to their third-string quarterback with a broken thumb, and that was the year, that was the schedule, the NFC West, that was the year to put it together. This year... Um, they always draw a tough schedule. Uh, they've got a lot of tough games on the road in December. They're still playing some of the best teams. They still got to go to Mile High in Denver again. It's just not going to happen this year. 14 wins is a great season for the Patriots. 
I definitely agree, Hal. Julian Edelman himself said over the summer that he absolutely hated the talk of the Patriots going 19-0 this year. And the Patriots would obviously be the first team to tell you that it's better to win 13, 14, if not 12 games and win a Super Bowl than win 16 regular season games and not win a Super Bowl. And you Patriots fans know that all too well as well. And uh, moving to the defensive side of the ball for a minute. Last week, veteran stalwart Patriots defensive end Rob Nikovich announced his retirement. And immediately after the news was revealed, Adam Schefter tweeted out that Coney Ely was expected to be first in line to replace him. However, it has been reported that Ely has struggled so far with consistency issues in training camp, and Bill Belichick has compared the skill set of Shane McClellan to that of Nikovich. Who do you believe will get most of Nikovich's snaps and why? Well, I agree with, I had Shane McClellan and Kyle Van Noy as uh, two linebackers who are kind of squeezed out with the David Harris signing. Patriots are usually in some kind of 4-2-5 defense. They're in a nickel or some kind of dime defense. So the, the linebackers, unlike those great Patriots teams of the 2003-2004 that were so linebacker dependent, don't put more than two linebackers on the field very often. And so the depth that they have now uh, re-signing Dante Hightower, having McClellan, having uh, Kyle Van Noy, who was a great pickup last year from Detroit, you know, and the Jets gifting them David Harris, that gives them a deep group at linebacker. And with Bill Belichick's loves that position versatility, just because the guy's been a linebacker doesn't mean he's not going to be a defensive end. And so you're going to see all of those guys on the edge of the defense rushing the quarterback this year opposite Trey Flowers. Yes, and speaking of Trey Flowers, he's a guy that quietly broke out um, starting in the middle of last year, and he could become a superstar this year. So that is another big name to watch when you watch the Patriots this season, football fans. And uh, now let's move on to some fantasy football-related questions about the Patriots, and there are several I want to address here, and that is the intriguing position battle uh, of the red zone goal line running back. And last year, as I'm sure most of you all remember, LeGarrette Blount scored 18 touchdowns in that role. And given how loaded on offense the Pats are this year, you can expect them to be in the red zone a lot during every game. And it is obviously reasonable to expect a double-digit touchdown performance for whoever earns that responsibility. Most are assuming that guy will be Mike Gillisley, but a recent report suggested to not count Rex Burkhead out of that role either. Do you see one of those two seizing the job and scoring 10 or more touchdowns, or do you see it being more of a split that fantasy no, I must really, avoid? No, I think, as usual, the Patriots' fantasy running backs are going to be difficult to draft before the middle rounds. Again, it's a position with so much depth with Gillisley, Gillisley, with Burkhead. We saw James White at the end of Super Bowl 51 scoring that touchdown from two yards out. So, And that's not even including Deion Lewis as a pass receiver out of the backfield. If they're in their pony offense with Lewis and White in the backfield, they can go with them at any time in any formation. And don't forget, there's one big person that scores a lot of touchdowns that missed a lot of games last year, and that's Rob Gronkowski. And if you don't have to pound it in at the two and you can throw a fade to Gronkowski, the Patriots will throw that fade every time. They most certainly will. At speed of that Patriots passing game, another fantasy-related dilemma with the Patriots concerns Brandon Cooks. 
I believe that Brandon Cooks will do very well in the Patriots scheme, and he will obviously add a vertical d- dimension that their receiving core has been lacking in recent years. However, most analysts doubt he will have as big or as consistent of a fantasy impact, barring injuries to Rob Gronkowski or Julian Edelman. Do you share that view, or do you think Brandon Cooks will outproduce either Gronk or Edelman? I think Cooks will outproduce both of them. The Patriots, you know, they had Randy Moss in this offense, and Randy Moss put up some insane numbers, uh, 2007, 2008, 2009. There's no reason that Brandon Cooks can't be that same deep threat, big play, you know, 1,200 yards receiving, 80 catches, uh, 7 to 10 touchdowns. The offense is built to add that vertical stretch option that they've been missing since Moss shot his way out of town. And there's no reason to think that Bill Belichick isn't going to take advantage of all of the tools, the, the explosiveness the speed of Brandon Cooks and get that ball in his hands, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten times a game. Thank you very much for that interesting take, Hal. Very much appreciated. And uh, another question that would concern fantasy owners in terms of Brandon Cooks is uh, Tom Brady and his deep ball. People have been asking, well, he doesn't throw the deep ball that often anymore. It's just not as good as it used to be. Uh, What do you say in response to that? Well, it had diminished. And after Randy Moss left, whether it was the fact that he didn't have Randy Moss or whether it was the fact that there was a little loss of arm strength around 2012, 2013 for Brady before he had that big 2014 bounce back. But last year with just Chris Hogan, who basically was a cast off from the Bills at wide receiver, they rediscovered that deep touch and there were a number of deep passes and Brady was actually one of the most accurate deep passers in the NFL last season. Thank you very much for that input there, Hal. And that is something I will consider when uh, going into my mock drafts and my real drafts in the weeks ahead. Brandon Cooks is now squarely back on my board. Thanks to what you said. And uh, let's talk about this uh, 2017 Patriots draft class now. And since they traded a lot of their draft picks away for impact players like Brandon Cooks, they only wound up with four selections, and the first of those was in round three at 83 overall with intriguing athletic edge rusher Derek Rivers from Youngstown State, and some people believe he could be the biggest deal of the 2017 draft. How is Rivers doing so far in training camp, and do you think he can emerge as the alpha dog among Patriots edge rushers at some point this season? I think he's going to need a year of seasoning. Uh, so far in camp, the speed of the game has been a little bit ab- above him. He may need some time to get comfortable the next couple of weeks with the preseason games and the joint practices that start this week for the Patriots will show a lot more on Rivers. But so far, he's been outshined by fourth round draft pick Dietrich Wise, who came out of Arkansas, just like Trey Flowers, um, actually refers to Flowers as his older brother and his long wingspan quick first step. And after missing most of last season due to injury, he's been the surprise at camp at defensive end for the Patriots. Wow. That's interesting. Thank you very much there, Hal. And just two picks later, the Patriots selected another high ceiling prospect an offensive tackle, Antonio Garcia out of Troy, Andrew Mason, who 
writes for the Denver Broncos team website, and he's also another amazing draft analyst. He tweeted out before the draft that Garcia could end up being the best tackle in this class if he got a year of seasoning. And he couldn't have landed in a better place with arguably the best offensive line coach in NFL history in Dante Scarnecchia. Another important reason for this pick is the fact that left tackle Nate Solder is coming out of contract after this season. Do you believe Garcia will be the Patriots' starting left tackle in 2018? I think it's very likely. Nate Solder is finishing up his second contract with the Patriots. Outside of players named Tom Brady, you don't see many players in New England with a third contract. Bill Belichick's very frugal when it comes to players once they hit age 30 in the NFL. Um, Solder has his roots in Colorado. He would be a great fit up there in Mile High with the Broncos. And he may, he may just be too overpriced for the Patriots coming into next season. And so Bill Belichick, the general manager, never gives up leverage to the players. Um, Garcia is going to spend most of this year in the weight room in the cafeteria, getting a few extra pounds on that he needs to play left tackle. But he definitely has, you know, from the college tape, he looks like a player and he could be starting for the Patriots. I can see that uh, as soon as week one, 2018. He is Hal Bentley, a gentleman of musketfire.com, Scout Media, and cover32.com. You can follow him on Twitter at HalBent01. And Hal, uh, when you look at the entire landscape across the National Football League, the number one question facing most prognosticators is who could beat the New England Patriots? Who could stop them from winning back-to-back Super Bowls for the second time in franchise history? And when you look at the AFC, which team, in your judgment, has the best shot at defeating the Patriots in the playoffs? Oh, that's easily the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders were in position last year to to grab the number one seed before the Derek Carr injury. And had they had Derek Carr, that would have been a very, very interesting postseason if the Patriots were traveling to Oakland in what was prob- would probably be one of the last games there in Oakland before the move to Las Vegas in the next couple of years. But wow, what a, what a game that would have been, the Patriots traveling to Oakland to take on the Raiders. And unfortunately, that broken leg of cars derailed that. The Raiders are scary on offense. They've got a great defense. Uh, Khalil Mack is number two pass rusher in the NFL in my book, right behind Vaughn Miller. And I wouldn't want to pick a fight with the Raiders this season for sure. Uh, That is interesting. I still have concerns about the back end of the Raiders defense, although Khalil Mack is a freak of nature. But that offense, I think, is uh, uh, maybe along with the Steelers. But I'm getting a little skeptical about the Steelers due to Le'Veon Bell's situation and Ben Roethlisberger uh, aging, most likely, I just think, uh, agree with you about the Raiders, but I don't. That back end of the defense is going to have to show some dramatic improvement this year, in my opinion, for them to uh, beat the Patriots uh, in the playoffs if that beating were to occur. Yeah, that that is a big big issue for for Oakland. You know, you look at that cornerback and you, cornerback group, and you're saying, you know, is Sean Smith, is David Amerson, are they ready to be prime time players back there? You know, they got to. Great young safety in Carl Joseph at strong safety, big hitter, Reggie Nelson coming over from Cincinnati. Um, There's a lot of unknowns there with Oakland. And boy, I wouldn't want to go up against the Patriots with that offense and, you know, try to keep it from being in being a shootout if I'm the Raiders. 
most definitely. And which team in the NFC has the best shot at beating the Patriots in Super Bowl 52? Well, the, the biggest team to fear is always the Seattle Seahawks. Um, they're just solid all the way around. They've got that fantastic defense, probably the, the best defense of the past five years, arguably. You could go back and forth between them and Denver, and I don't think you'd be wrong with either one. Um, Seattle's got a great team. You never count out a team with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Uh, they've got Martellus Bennett they've added to that team. So more tools for Rodgers to, to use to get downfield and into the end zone. And Dallas, does Dak Prescott bounce back? Is that Do they have enough defense in Dallas to make a run, or do they get derailed in the playoffs again? But the NFC, and I haven't even touched on Atlanta, who, you know, had that game in hand, and they've got a lot of electric young players on defense that really seem to gel coming down the stretch and in the playoffs. And there's four teams right there in the NFC that are going to be battling it out, and any one of those could be a dangerous opponent in Super Bowl 52. Absolutely, and even though they're talking about Super Bowl hangover with these Falcons, I would definitely not count them out, especially if that defense uh, improves. And now let's uh, talk about, obviously, the elephant in the room in New England as he's been during his entire career, and that is Thomas Edward Brady Jr., the best football player, not just the best quarterback, the best player ever to play the sport of football, in my opinion. It was cemented last year. It's a done deal. That's a fact. And I say that as a non-Patriots fan, for the record. And this week, Brady turned 40 years old, as most of you should know, and he still shows no signs of slowing down. Thank you very much to uh, going to sleep at 8 o'clock in the evening, eating avocado ice cream for dessert, and uh, having one of the best uh, unorthodox workout regimens for any athlete ever, dare I say. And because of that, I personally believe he could play another three to five years. But that said, Jimmy Garoppolo showed remarkable promise in the games he played last year. And rumors have been reported that the Patriots might be forced to release Tom Brady in the next few years, especially if they feel that Garoppolo is ready to take over for him or if Brady's play starts to show his age even a little bit. And obviously, as you mentioned earlier, given Bill Belichick's history of releasing elite players, whether in their prime, like we saw with Chandler Jones or Jamie Collins, or when they even show even the slightest signs of decline, that wouldn't have come as quite a shock to me personally. And I don't mean to make you um, fret or frown here, Hal, but would it surprise you if they part ways with Brady sometime in the next two to three years? No, it wouldn't be a surprise at all. It, it's, the, it's the Bill Belichick method. This is the, the biggest test case is Tom Brady because there's never been a player that, you know, maybe Brett Favre that's been this productive at this age in the NFL playing quarterback. I mean, his last game at 39 years old, he put up 466 yards in the Super Bowl. That's just not supposed to happen in the NFL. And, you know, his biggest strength is his drive to, you know, just to succeed. I don't think there's, I've ever seen a player in the NFL that gets by, that wants to win, that doesn't want to let go, that fought his way up from that sixth round pick, 199th overall, and just got himself in position to take that job, put a stranglehold on the job, and make himself the best player probably in NFL history by the time he's done. Um, so it, it's a very interesting case. I wouldn't be surprised if we woke up tomorrow and Bill Belichick had traded Tom Brady for two first-round draft picks. 
I kind of been waiting for that every day for the last 10 years. <laughs> so, very, very interesting there. Yeah. So, but you know, they obviously, they had offers for Jimmy Garoppolo uh, heading into the draft. I believe that they think Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough to run this Patriots offense at about a 80% level of Tom Brady, which is about the best that you can expect uh, heading into any season with a backup quarterback. So I think they could hand the keys to Garoppolo without a second thought. The problem is, is that Brady just keeps defying father time. And if he keeps doing that, there's no reason to stop at this time. Just let them keep going. I agree, and I am not counting Tom Brady out one iota until I see clear decline from him, Hal. And Hal Bent, ladies and gentlemen, follow him on Twitter at HalBent01 and see his work at musketfire.com, cover32.com, and Scout Media. Hal, it's always a pleasure talking football and Patriots with you on this program, and we hope to have you back on the show very, very soon. Thank you again. Thank you, David. It's always great to be on here with you on the Sports Crunch. So thank you again for having me on. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Hal. We appreciate you as well. And that's all for today here on Sports Crunch with D-Crom. But we'll be back later this week with a look at early reports from training camp and what they mean for your fantasy draft board with my friend and former boss and Hal's former boss too, Mike Dente. So stay tuned. Also, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that is crunch with a K. For Hal Bent, our producer Chris Broadhead, man in the box, I'm David Cromelo saying so long and, of course, stay awesome.